Coming up on Stu Does America, there's a border crisis going on right now, so surely our new president is going to swoop in and tighten things up, right? Even if not, the media will probably just report that he did anyway. Sarah Gonzalez joins us to discuss the bleak future of wide open American borders. And speaking of Joe Biden, uh, well, he's slacking off a little bit. His avoidance of primetime appearances and press conferences to the American people so far is raising a lot of questions. Luckily, I have the answer, and this is kind of a blanket answer. He's old, and primetime is past his bedtime. But we'll see what happens tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, help us fight the evil YouTube algorithm robots by subscribing to our channel and liking our content, even this video. Do it now before you forget or I say something that pisses you off. And if audio is more your thing, you can check out our podcast from your favorite provider as well. Links to everything are at stewdoesamerica.com. Or you can help fight back against conservative censorship in a big way with your very own Blaze TV subscription. Head to blazetv.com slash stew. Enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 10 bucks. Of course, Andrew Cuomo's harassed all the women who work for him. He just kind of has that vibe off of him. That's not a legal judgment. That's just an observation. But it is possible uh, that the governor went even further and darker than what's already been reported. The truth keeps getting more messed up. So let's do Cuomo's criminal behavior. Stu does America. (sighs) This just keeps getting worse, doesn't it? Every day I come in here and I think, you know what? I don't want to talk about Andrew Cuomo today. I'm sick of the guy. I want the guy to go away forever, evermore. And yet every day there's another big news update that continues to draw our attention. This one is the most disturbing of all. Uh, So far, we've looked at allegations that have been really bad workplace behavior, really creepy behavior, uh, stuff you don't want this old uncle guy, uh, old uncle Andy to do to you if you happen to be a young woman. Uh, This stuff, though, today goes even further beyond that. Let me give you this. This is from uh, The Times Union. We talked about this accuser the other day. Uh, that there was some incident at the governor's mansion. We now have more details and they are not pretty. The staff member whose identity is being withheld by the Times Union had been called to the mansion under the apparent pretext of having her assist the governor with a minor technical issue involving his mobile phone. They were alone in Cuomo's private residence on the second floor when he closed the door and allegedly reached under her blouse and began to fondle her, according to the uh, source. The person briefed on the case who was not authorized to comment publicly said the woman who is much younger than Cuomo, as they all seem to be, told the governor to stop. Her broader allegations include that he frequently engaged in flirtatious behavior with her and that it was not the only time that he had touched her. In response to the Times Union's questions about the allegation, Cuomo on Wednesday evening issued a statement to the newspaper, quote, as I said Wednesday, or excuse me, as I said yesterday, I have never done anything like this. The details of this report are gut-wrenching. I don't know why they'd be gut-wrenching if he didn't do them, but that's a whole other story. I am not going to speak to the specifics of this or any other allegation, given the ongoing review, but I am confident in the result of the Attorney General's report. Now, this is kind of what you do, I guess, in this situation. You say you're not going to talk about specifics. He's completely denying that he did anything like this. Uh, I mean, it is disturbing, uh, to say the least. This is rising well above where these other allegations were. And it seems like every day or two, we have another allegation that passes uh, the, the, the previous hurdle. 
we know that Andrew Cuomo has been accused now by six different women of varying levels of sexual uh, crimes and misdemeanors and creepiness. This one, though, is above that. Uh, and, you know, we keep talking about how you need three things to kind of happen for a big prominent Democrat to be taken down like this. You need to have uh, one, a major media source that kind of steps up and says, we're on this beat now. We're taking this on. You need uh, Democrats, other prominent Democrats to take up the cause. It can't just be Republicans accusing. Democrats need to be on board. And third, you need an off ramp for those Democrats to say, well, yeah, I know we didn't agree with you on all that other stuff, but we're coming on this time because this is a much bigger deal. And this is what's really important. They can't say that they made an excuse on the nursing homes. They need to have an off-ramp and be able to say, no, it's a sexual assault, uh, the sexual harassment, that's the big deal. All three of those things are kind of happening against Andrew Cuomo. He is in serious trouble now. I mean, you know, you've listened to the show for a long time. I've been very skeptical as if this guy will ever be held accountable for his actions. And I don't know that he'll ever be held accountable uh, truly for what he did to thousands of New Yorkers in nursing homes. But if you kind of go beyond that and talk about overall accountability, he legitimately is in real crisis right now. Let me give you some. Uh, this is from The New York Times talking about the advancement of this particular six accuser. Albany Police Department officials said on Thursday that they had received a report from a state official about an alleged incident at the executive mansion involving Governor Andrew M. Cuomo and a female aide that may have risen to, quote, the level of a crime. The police said the department received the referral Wednesday night after the publication of an article in the Times Union of Albany that detailed accusations leveled by an unidentified aide to the governor who accused Cuomo of groping her at the governor's mansion where he lives. Albany's police spokesman Steve Smith said the call had come from the New York State Police, but the governor's acting counsel, Beth Garvey, said on is that the uh, is that uh, Harvey Weinstein's attorney? I think I know he's using one of Weinstein's attorney. Uh, she said on Thursday that the, uh, that the, she had called po the police on Wednesday night and reported the allegations after a lawyer to the female aide told the governor's office that the aide did not want to file a report. Now, yeah, that's another uh, another they're one of the many defense attorneys uh, and counsel being employed by the Cuomo administration these days. As a matter of state policy, when allegations of physical contact are made, the agency informs the complainant that they should contact their local police department, Ms. Garvey said in a statement. If they decline, the agency has an obligation to reach out themselves and inform the department of the allegation. So now we've kind of risen up the ladder. We've risen up, risen up the ladder from really disturbing workplace behavior to possible criminal activity. Again, if you look back at the previous allegations, some of them, and I, I've had uh, multiple women tell me this, some of them, eh, you know, maybe a little creepy, maybe a little disturbing, maybe a little annoying, but not, uh, not stuff to resign over. There were a couple that kind of jumped above that uh, level where you had one woman being kissed against her will, another woman uh, allegedly um, being harassed, at work, and then when she turned in her allegation to the government, they just kind of slid her across the building to another role far away from Andrew Cuomo. When you start moving jobs, that gets a little sticky as well. This, though, is far beyond that. This is a crime. I mean, if he's going in there and he's assaulting women against their will, uh, and seemingly, allegedly, multiple times, we're talking about criminal behavior, and that's how it's being treated now. There's a new website out. And I don't think you want to make it your homepage, but uh, it is out there. Uh, it is a uh, line. And here's what it says. 
We have this. It says the website, uh, it's an AG independent investigation. This website was created by the special deputies, the first deputy attorney general of New York, to gather information regarding the investigation into sexual harassment allegations against New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. If you have uh, information relevant to the investigation, you can contact the special deputies in the following ways. They give a phone number for voice messages. They give you an email address and a text message uh, phone number as well. Um, I don't know how many more are going to come... I don't know how many you can you can withstand. There's a certain level where this becomes there's so many names, so many allegations of all varying size and and scope that you can't withstand them anymore. What Cuomo's trying to do now is pass this off until he gets uh, the investigation result. And that has been kind of what he's been trying to do this entire time. He is at the point now where. A lot of this stuff started with uh, with Tish, as he calls her, Tish James. Um, uh, and she was going to she's the one that kind of came out with this first report saying, yeah, by the way, we underestimated the deaths at nursing homes by 5000. She has had been seen as an ally of Cuomo's for a while now is being seen in a totally opposite way because of this one report. She's being seen as an adversary. He tried to avoid having her have control of this investigation. He was forced to give up control to her. And now he is at the point where he's just kicking the can down the road and hoping that this report comes out in his favor. He's put all of his his, you know, his eggs in this basket and he's hoping against hope that Tish, as he calls her, is going to bail him out. Will that happen? I mean, the odds are somewhat long here. She's one of the favorites to to replace him in the next election. So there's an incentive for her to kind of come out and show this in its truthful light, not to not cover for him, at least. Um, we are now seeing more go on here because it's not just him resigning. There's also the possibility of Governor Cuomo being impeached. The Democrats don't necessarily want to do that. They want Cuomo to just step down and get out of the way. Of course, he is so power hungry. He doesn't want to do that. They are taking steps now to at least use the process of impeachment as a threat. Uh, New York State Assembly is taking the first step to impeach Cuomo. Uh, They are opening an investigation with full subpoena power. The first step in pursuing potential impeachment of Governor uh, Andrew Cuomo. Uh, in his sexual misconduct allegations. We have a statement from the Democratic chairman faced with another serious and disturbing allegation revealed last evening in an article in the Times Union. It has become even more imperative that all of these matters be thoroughly investigated. With the preponderance of these allegations, I agree with Speaker Hesty uh, that uh, now is the time for the legislature to commence its own review of these matters as a part of its constitutional responsibilities. Constitutional responsibilities in this case being code for, hey, we're thinking about impeachment now. Now, will they impeach? I don't know. It's going to have to cross a pretty big line for Democrats to impeach someone on their own. That does not happen very often from any party at any level. Uh, this may just be, look, if you don't resign, this is going to happen. It's kind of the idea of what happened with Nixon, right? They didn't, they didn't remove Nixon from office. They just said, look, this is going to happen if you don't just bail now. So you might as well uh, bail now. Uh, we have a... Uh, a Sort of we're monitoring pretty closely what Democrats are doing here. As I said, that's one of the three big steps. You have to have Democrats who are coming together and saying, we don't want this anymore. We're going to call it out publicly. Some of that is happening. Um, Lawmakers uh, had a statement uh, that came out 
uh, over the past few hours in light of the governor's admission of inappropriate behavior and the findings of the altered data on nursing home and COVID-19 deaths. He has lost the confidence of the public and state legislature, rendering him ineffective this time uh, in the most urgent need. Uh, the Democratic lawmakers wrote Thursday, we have a uh, lieutenant governor who can step in and lead for the remainder of the term. And that is what is best for New Yorkers at this critical time. It is time for Governor Cuomo to resign. Um, now, that's over 55 Democratic members of the New York State Assembly signed this letter uh, to Tish James uh, to try to, to, to signal what they believe should happen. These are Democrats. Now, there's another story today that now we're up to 59 Democratic lawmakers who are calling for this to happen. Uh, they want him to resign and his good old buddy, really a rival. Uh, but it is a notable thing in that he's probably the second best known guy in New York, Bill de Blasio, when it comes to politics, of course. Bill de Blasio has called for Cuomo to resign as well. He can no longer serve as governor. He says, quote, it is disgusting to me. He can no longer serve as governor. It is simple as that. Now, obviously, he has some motivation there. There's talk that he might step into the race as governor. Now, the city doesn't even like him, so I can't imagine the state would elect Bill de Blasio, but he's very power hungry. As we know, he ran for president and failed miserably. Uh, so that is on the table as well. Um, Jim Garrity has a piece in, for the National Review, and he points out this sort of convenient place where Democrats are finding themselves, at least for the moment. He says, uh, quote, on paper, it should be exceptionally rare for an elected official to commit a wrongdoing that is severe enough to spur members of his own party to call for his resignation, but not quite severe enough to spur an effort to impeach him or remove him from office. And yet the, that resign but not impeach zone is where Andrew Cuomo currently is with most of his party. At least 121 members of the state assembly and Senate have said they publicly have believed that Cuomo can no longer govern and should quit office now, according to a tally by the Associated Press. That count includes now 65 Democrats and 56 Republicans. So we've gone from 55 to 65 in just this monologue. That's how bad this is getting for Andrew Cuomo, not the direction you want to go. Now, look, these are, of course, allegations. They are unproven allegations. Um, and, you know, the only thing we really have as far as evidence is all of these statements and every single thing we've ever known about Andrew Cuomo. Other than that, we don't know for sure if these are true. Um, and due process is an important thing here. I'm not going to give that up. You know, we talk about principle a lot. Uh, principle for fair treatment in a, in a situation like this is important. And I'm not going to Brett Kavanaugh, Andrew Cuomo, because uh, I am suspicious or I believe these allegations because belief is not enough. I mean, he he should step down for a million different reasons, but he should deserve this investigation should go forward either way, whether he steps down or not. We should know the facts here. And if these women were mistreated, as they claim to be, uh, he should be punished for this. And in this particular case, the newest allegation, he should face criminal repercussions. You can't do things like that. So we'll see where that goes. And we don't know where it goes at this point. Due process is important, and there's really only one thing that we know for sure as these investigations have gone forward. All of the evidence points to only one specific thing. Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com.
We all do a lot of dangerous things, like, for example, spending time around Andrew Cuomo. That would be very dangerous. If you do spend time around Andrew Cuomo, you're going to want to make sure you have a really good first aid kit. Bare first aid kits from Refuge Medical are the way you want to go. These guys are awesome. They've been listening to The Blaze. They've been fans of The Blaze, uh, Glenn's show, uh, our show for a very long time. They're good people, and they believe that, you know, first responders are fantastic, and they do great work for us. But you are the first responder. You must be prepared if a terrible thing happens in your household. If you are uh, on the road, if you have kids like mine who, who are active and occasionally, occasionally risk injury and, very, um, and, and things that I tell them not to do, um, you know that there's that moment where, God forbid, something terrible happens. You better be prepared because it can take a half an hour for first responders to get to your house. You are the first responder, and the best way to become the best first responder you can be is with refugemedical.com. Get uh, their bare med- uh, first aid kits. You get 15% off all of their first aid kits right now with the promo codes too. Be sure to use that promo codes too because that's how they know you like this stupid show just like they do. And uh, you also get that discount. If we've learned one lesson this year, it's to be prepared for anything. We're talking about real risk that can happen to you and your family. You need to be prepared for it. Refugemedical.com is the place to go for that. Refugemedical.com. The promo code is Stu. Well, look who's here. The one, the only Sarah Gonzalez, host of the news and why it matters right here on Blaze TV and the talent behind Sarah Gonzalez unfiltered. It would be weird if it was another host, honestly, (laughs) since it's named after her. It's on YouTube. Make sure you head there and subscribe. Sarah, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Well, let's start with Andrew Cuomo. Uh, A bunch of new allegations. I mean, we were just talking about this off the air. I don't necessarily want to talk about Andrew Cuomo every single day, but it feels like it's a must at this point. I mean, quite frankly, you know, you joined me on my show today and in between taping my show and your show, (laughs) there were more there was more information that came out. So you have to cover it because it's there's just more and more and more and more that keeps coming out. You wait an hour and there's like 20 new allegations that have come out. It really is. There is some level of like you can if you're Andrew Cuomo, you can get away with a couple of things, yeah. right? They're they're going to get they're going to excuse a lot if you're right. Andrew Cuomo. Oh, for sure. Thousands of dead bodies, for example. Well, I mean, if you look back to it really wasn't that long ago when we were hearing reports that they were considering replacing Joe Biden as their nominee. Mm-hmm. With Andrew Cuomo, he yeah. was at the top of that list. Yeah. What was that, uh, uh, six months ago? Not that long ago. And I mean, he, it was not long he, at he all. He was at a 71% approval rating. Now he's down in the 30s. Yeah. Uh, everything seems to be collapsing. There's all these new allegations. I, I have this... I had this battle internally uh, uh, inside myself, which is, number one, I really think Andrew Cuomo should be out of office because he's terrible for the state, a terrible human being. He's done awful damage and should be held accountable. He is awful, yes. Uh, Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com. Uh, On the other hand, uh, there is, at least with these initial allegations, there was that sense that almost like the Democrats were using these women to get themselves out of their lack of criticism of his COVID stuff before. This new one, though, brings it way over the line. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you there. uh, Some of the allegations, uh, again, as much as it pains me to say, (laughs) all right, these are not, I don't think, rise to the level of some sort of, you know, sexual assault uh, or heavy duty sexual harassment, um, you know, 
giving him the same kind of treatment that I would give any other regular person. But yes. it is Andrew Cuomo. And I do think that there is uh, a lot of uh, from the mainstream media who refused to cover this story, refused to talk bad about this man who was killing thousands of old people in nursing homes. They're trying to find an out now because <laughs> they carried water for him for so long. How are they to now turn around and say, hey, guys, we really should have done the digging here and we didn't. Oh, by the way, we gave him an international Emmy, too. Right. I mean, they right. can't come back and say that. Yeah. So now they have to they're forced to uh, the more these allegations come out, even if they're not that big of a deal, they have to make them a big deal because, A, they've already said the Me Too movement is the most important thing and you have to believe all women. But more importantly, B, he's become too much of a liability mm -hmm. and they have to get rid of him. Yeah, I mean, that's there is that struggle as a conservative in that, like, I don't think the standard of believing all women is a rational standard. No. Uh, the people who believe that, who would say that most are women. Women are crazy. <laughs> women are legitimately insane. You don't, the last thing you want to do is believe all women. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. That's it. I mean, you heard it here first, uh, America. <laughs> Never believe women. No, I mean, believe all women is like, uh, it's a ridiculous standard for any yes. group. Believe all dentists is right. a terrible idea too. Like right. there are terrible dentists out there. Yeah. Um, so believe all women is a bad standard. There is a temptation though, and it's a serious temptation for me to, to implement that standard anyway, mm -hmm. because they're the ones that said it and they should be held to their own standards. Another part of me, the other on the other shoulder is a, is maybe the angel mm -hmm. saying like, yeah, but you don't want to codify that standard. You're now you're agreeing to that standard and holding it here for all time. What are we supposed to do? Well, I'm going to contribute to the devil on your shoulder. Okay. And I would just I would just say, uh, you know, I didn't create the rules, but I've been forced to play by them. Mm -hmm. They created the rules and they wouldn't give you <laughs> or any conservative. No. Any sort of, you know, they would nope. not give you uh, that same regard if it happened to you. So I would say that they already have codified the rules. Yeah. And I just would like to see for once, I would like to see them have to play by their own rules. Yes. So and when I, they do, it is really entertaining and yeah, fun. <laughs> it is because it's like, well, hold on. We have Andrew Cuomo on camera on record saying you have to believe all women. You have to open up an investigation if there are any sort of allegations. Yeah. So it's like, all right, if you said that, then I guess those are our rules and we're going for it. Because yeah. I know even if we give them this due process. What is that anymore? <laughs> but even if we give them, uh, you know, all of these, you know, uh, ways out that they wouldn't give us, they're not going to turn around when the time comes and give us that sort of grace. Yeah. I mean, they never will. And I think like a lot of this is like, I want to hold them to these standards and point out their hypocrisy yeah. on Twitter and right. in the media. I don't want them. I don't want someone to be convicted because of this standard. I think the standard is really bad. Yeah, I, uh, I would agree. When it comes to yeah. the like actual legal criminal right. allegations, <laughs> I don't want someone to be behind bars. I, mean, I sort of do, do with you him. Know, I, I sort of do, yeah. but I, I will hold back. How, how do we reverse this though? Because it, let's take a step back to, to a little earlier in this in this point. You're right. They set the rules, mm -hmm. and we should hold them to those standards because it's fun. <laughs> On the other hand, why do they get to set the rules all the time? I want to be. I want to be more involved in the rule setting. How do we make that happen? <laughs> well, um, unfortunately, you are not a leftist. Therefore, I don't think you have a spot at the table because 
they control the mainstream media narrative. Yeah. And I think that that's what we're faced with, is that the leftists own the mainstream media, mm-hmm. and whatever narrative they want to perpetuate, they will then get the mainstream media to cover wa- to carry water for them. So, so it's the right answer to do essentially the blaze. Have competitors, have people speaking their mind on the other side, and hopefully over time, we can build up a big enough of a profile to influence that debate a lot earlier as to what the rules are. Yeah, and I would also say that I think that the more, honestly, the more that it happens to them, mm-hmm. the less likely they are to use that same standard going forward. Right, right? maybe so, they'll be embarrassed by it. Yeah, or they'll say, well, hold on a second. Uh, this didn't work out very well for our people because we actually had our own standards turned against us. Maybe we should not do this anymore. Because that's certainly part of the reason why I think of these things sometimes. I, going to the border for a second. Yeah. When Donald Trump did this emergency thing on the border, what I don't think it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And even though I think the I like the border wall, I'm a fan of it. Um, but I also just don't think the way we went about it was the right way to do it process wise. And I think there's an argument to, to say, you know, go ahead for it. You know, go ahead anyway and just do it. You're never going to get it done any other way. And there was that debate that we had. Right. Um, but part of the, my argument on this was selfish, saying that, like, once this power is a thing, we know they're going to use it more effectively than we're ever going to use it. Yeah. The, le- the, the left doesn't seem to have that standard at all. And, you know, we, going back to uh, the border, you have the situation now where kids are in cages and they said how bad that was just a few months ago. It was a literal concentration camp. Uh, and then she, AOC doubled down on that and how smart of a point it was. Here's the definition of concentration camps. And now the same type of thing is happening with, with the Biden administration. And they're stuck in this, but they don't ever f- seem to feel that shame of how embarrassing it is that they're flip-flopping in s- such a short time. What do you do? Just try to make them feel? How do you handle this? Well, I think part of it is that they're doing it to themselves. Um, I think that the press, uh, as you recall, they were very upset because they were not allowed into these facilities. They said, we want to see these facilities. And the White House said, no, the Biden administration said, we don't want to show you. Mm -hmm. And I think the more that they uh, refuse to be transparent with the media, the less likely the media is to to carry that water for for them and to do that job of covering for them. Um, And we've already seen it at the border. We see, you know, uh, oh, my gosh. I mean, I think anytime we see in mainstream media, New York Times, anywhere that there is a record number of migrant children, unaccompanied minors coming, uh, that the pictures that they have (laughs) just of the outside of the containers, because they're containers now and not cages, which, by the way, they want to change the name to reception centers because that sounds nice and Why not call it receptacles? I think that's just great. Putting, <laughs> what, what about Welcome Center? Welcome Center is much, yeah. much more welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have these members of the press who I think are becoming very frustrated with their lack of transparency. And so I think that they're going to do it to themselves because ultimately the press is in it for themselves, as we've seen time and time again. Uh, the I think the the biggest narcissists I've ever laid eyes on have all been members of the mainstream media. I think they're all at CNN, actually. Mm. Um, so I think that they will kind of do this uh, inadvertently because they're mad that they have to abide by the rules that the left sort of set for themselves. Yeah. They kind of, you know, eating their own. And they really don't abide by them. They, they, no. they just give play, pay lip service. I mean, and the Chris Cuomo thing is a great example. You mentioned CNN. You know, the Cuomo thing where he's like able to bring Andrew Cuomo on while he's killing thousands of people yeah. and give him the jokey uh, nose swab treatment. And, was it this oh, big? Was it this big? You have a 
large nose, brother. <laughs> and CNN's like, oh, that's absolutely fine. Right. Then Cuomo gets in trouble, and he now there's no way that Chris Cuomo could ever uh, have him on. It would be unfair for him to, to be asked to cover it. These are the sort of double standards that there was a time that even though CNN was liberal, mm-hmm. they would not do things like that. Right. They would feel the need. They would feel shamed into saying, okay, look, we understand this doesn't look good. Here's our explanation for it. We probably just shouldn't have allowed them on together last time, right? Like, there's a there's an era of CNN where that happens. Mm-hmm. That's not where we are anymore. The, no. media, the media's lost. Yeah, they are completely lost. But again, they're in it for themselves. So I think as much as they want to cover for the Democrats, they're only willing to do that to a certain point. Because yeah. if covering for the Democrats conflicts with making a name for themselves... I think they're always going to pick making a name for themselves. And whether that is Andrew Cuomo and his scandal or whether that is uh, uncovering something that's happening at the border that for four years the Democrats have said was a problem and a literal concentration camp. Yeah, I think whatever that ends up being, I think that we will see the press eventually someone in the press will cover it. Not all of them. Yeah. And there's a lot. But it only takes a few. It's true. It's true. I think there's a line between the mainstream media and like the ideological left press like an organization like ProPublica, who is really annoying and oh. really liberal in most yeah. cases, you could see them covering something like this because they're more interested in the left wing point than the Democratic Party. Right. Where like an, an, a mainstream organization like CNN and you know the Washington Post seem to be more more driven by the actual politics of the moment. Unless you get to an Andrew Cuomo where they've just crossed that line too many times. I mean, you've had too many Cuomo aides calling your yeah. names on the phone. Then, then there's some like thing that sets them free to attack someone like Andrew Cuomo. But for Biden, you know, he's innocuous to them. And I think they see this as pr- progress and they see the last guy is so bad. They're going to let him get away with a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would tend to agree with you. Mm. I am going to I, I just I keep going back to. The press ultimately is in it for themselves. Yeah. I genuinely believe that. Mm-hmm. So whether it's advancing the Democrat agenda <laughs> or uh, making na- making a name for themselves, uncovering some big story, I just I ultimately do think that they will they will always choose themselves when it comes down to it. Um, Except let, the Mario Kart thing. Yes, the, the Mario, Mario Kart. Well, that's important things. to cover. Yeah, we all agree I mean, on that. You got to know. Um, let me give you one more here before you go. We are today is arguably the. I don't know, the anniversary of when uh, the United States was like, holy crap, the COVID thing's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the day that the NBA canceled its season. It's the day the World Health Organization called it a pandemic. It's been a really long 15 days. It's been a really long. Now, the 15 days to stop the spread wasn't until the 16th. So we got that anniversary coming up next week. Okay. Uh, but this is right around this time, right? This is what this is the week a year ago where like. You know, it really feel, felt like life changed yeah. uh, for a lot of things. Businesses closed, all sorts of craziness. And, and, you know, this point in the thing with the story, we don't know what the hell's going on yet. We don't even have testing, right? right? So looking back at this year, what is the biggest mistake? Is it the 15 days that's out the spread? Is it uh, masks? Is it closing schools? What's the biggest thing over the past year? Oof, that's difficult to vote between closing schools and masks. But I think just with both of those, I can kind of put them together and say the faith, the blind faith that the American public has put in these mm. scientists. And I wouldn't even, I mean, I would say more of, I call it the science and I capitalize both of them. <laughs> right, yeah. The science, right? Yeah. Because it's the government science. Listen to and the science. Right. It mm-hmm. is only these particular people right. that you get to listen to and nobody else. And right. I think that if I could put that in an all encompassing thing, I would just say, why should the American public trust these people? We just had Fauci come out just the other day and say, well, when we don't have the scientific data, we just make judgment calls. And it's like, well, that's not 
science right. at all. You don't get right. to do that. We didn't elect you to do that. No. And, and you know, and there's part of that, right? Like where you could see if they were honest about this at the beginning and they said, look, yeah. This is a new thing. Right. We don't we, know. Uh, we, we don't have no idea. Know. Let me tell yeah. you what we think you should do. Right. And because uh, we're not 100 percent sure, we're going to be honest with you and say, make your own decisions. Yep. But we strongly think you should do X, Y and Z. I think the American people could actually handle that. I agree. Uh, they, what they did instead was say, you're a bad person if you don't do X, mm -hmm. Y and Z. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think so many people resisted some really bad advice, some really good advice. I mean, I think people don't know what to say because they don't trust these organizations and the government in particular to give them information they can trust. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that the American people, I mean, if there really is uh, a, a risk of them dying from going to the movies, they're not going to go to the movies. Like, you're yeah. going to see that happen as a free people. They're going to make these choices when they see something happening that they know is risky, right? So if you just give them that option and you tell them that you don't know, I think they would err on the side of caution, right. quite frankly. Yeah. But then when you're telling them not only you're a bad person, but the more and more all of these statistics come out that fly in the face of what you're saying and you have no answers for it, right. then you know, you're know you forced to carry out this lie because you can't come back and say we were wrong because we all know the science yeah. doesn't say that they're wrong. I think the American people just they're going to reject it as a whole. The, the, the scientists always have, I mean, I always complain about this with global warming and that like the scientists always have the best place because yeah. no one can say the scientists are wrong except the scientists. Right. And at that and point, they've already <laughs> decided they're in the new position, so they're still right. Right. They, yes. Yeah, they were wrong back then, but don't worry about that. We're right now, and yeah. you have to trust us yet again. That's a great position to be in. I want that. <laughs> I want that job. That's like being a leftist media member. You're yeah. always right until so. you say that the position has changed. And you also get to be the highest paid federal employee. You get the highest salary. Oh, yeah. Is that, is, is that Fauci? He gets the yeah. highest salary? Highest Jeez. salary in the federal government. How much is the, how much is the, the guy? Government. I mean, I will say the Fauci thing, like, you know, we've, we've always joked about this. And, and I think like there is a the money for Fauci, though, is to freaking retire and be a consultant at a pharmaceutical company. Ugh, he yeah. could make. $50 million sure. a year right now by bailing on I'm that. I'm not convinced that that's not what he's already well. doing. Yeah, I mean, maybe he is. Maybe he is. Maybe we'll find that out. If he does, we'll have you back on. Yeah. I want to talk about that. Sarah Gonzalez, host of Blaze TV's The News and Why It Matters. Um, by the way, I will note, it, uh, note that uh, on Thursdays, usually at least, Pat Gray and I both go on there. A little Pat and Stu and Sarah reunion. Yes. All having fun on News and Why It Matters. Make sure you listen uh, every day, though, of course, and subscribe to the podcast and Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered on YouTube. And remember to support this wonderful network that gives us money to come in here and run our mouths every day. Just head to blazetv.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. And it probably says something about Sarah's show as well. Uh, you'll save 10 bucks. Sarah, thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right. Back in a second. So let's just say you had a presidential candidate who somehow stumbled into office and now is sitting there uh, behind the resolute desk every day mumbling about like squirrels and waffles. What would you do with that presidential candidate? Uh, well, what you would do is you would probably try to hide him as much as possible. And that has been the strategy from the Biden White House from the beginning. Also, the Biden campaign before that. The press is starting to notice a little bit. ABC News is calling out Joe Biden. Biden not yet holding a formal news conference raises accountability questions. I mean, really, to me, it, it raises more senility issues. Uh, senility now is a T-shirt for a reason. Uh, and people have that T-shirt, have that mug. You can get it at Stu Does Merch.
Uh, by the way, if you want to uh, celebrate the craziest moments in American history. What's interesting here is it's been a uh, hundred years since a president has not held a press conference uh, at this point in their administration. The previous record was George W. Bush, who was 33 days until he did a formal press conference. Uh, the um, Biden uh, camp is doing a what they're calling a primetime address tonight, not a formal press conference. And that formal press conference part of it is important because that's when a bunch of people can sit out there. They can ask the questions. He's got to answer a bunch in a row from the top reporters on his beat and try to hold him accountable a little bit. Now, you know, the Democrats uh, get a much easier road than Republicans, but those questions are still important because a lot of times they'll fumble into things they didn't mean to say. The left does not want that to happen, so they're trying to hide Biden as long as possible. They did come out today and get excited for this, that Biden may, may do a formal press conference by the end of the month. You might think, are, is it March 29th? Like, do we have two days? No, it's March 11th. So another 20 days. He may do one in the next 20 days. Get pumped, because that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I will say... The media tends to only go against Democrats when they're pissed off that they're not getting the things that they want. They don't care about the American people. But when when reporters are like, damn it, he will not talk to us. That's when they tend to get pretty pissed off. So we'll see if that happens. Biden did sign the one point nine trillion dollar stimulus plan, which is, you know, uh, about 10 percent about covid. You can if you really want to go crazy, you can get it up to maybe 30 percent about covid. If you want to like really take lots of things that are borderline about COVID, things maybe not really needed. Um, but the bottom line is this is mostly a Democrat wish list. In some ways, if you were, a, you know, if you're a Democrat, you're happy with this, right? You're getting $1.9 trillion. The overwhelming majority is going to your pet projects. And, you know, Republicans probably don't do this. They probably don't get this done. Uh, they want to put their uh, they, they want to jam stuff they want through. They did. They got some tax cuts through, but they didn't include tons of Republican priorities in that bill. They got the tax cuts. And that was kind of it here. Uh, the Democrats are getting all sorts of bells and whistles in their package. Uh, and that has now been signed by Joe Biden. Uh, the 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 press coverage is not exactly what you'd hope even though they're a little annoyed they're not getting their press conferences, they're getting stuff like this from The New York Times. With the relief plan, Biden takes a new role, crusader for the poor. I mean, seriously, is that your idea of coverage? I, this is what they're going to do. We know what Democrats do. We know the roads they go down. They're going to find any way they can to justify this as a good idea. But the bottom line is it's $1.9 trillion that we don't have spent on things we don't need in the vast majority of ways. Is this going to turn around anytime soon? No, I don't think so, to be honest with you, because the Democrats, as we said on this program, are not going to sit back with 50 votes uh, and, and, and just be like, well, I guess we can't get to 60, so we can't pass anything. They're going to go after this filibuster and modify it, meaning they should get 50 votes for the stuff that they want, like... You know, this voting bill, for example, they're going to go after this. And, and people like Joe Manchin, who promised you he would hold the line, will not hold the line. The fact that Georgia elected two Democrats is going to make a lot of this um, uh, possible. And first of all, 
thank you so much for the people responsible for that. We really appreciate it because now we are at the whims of people like Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema to make the right choice. And I, I, I tell you, when when it comes down to it, when they really need those votes, they're going to get them. That is how the Democrats operate, and it's how they will operate at least for the next two years until we can somehow get them out of power. Back in a second. The curators at Bespoke Post have done it again this winter with an all-new lineup of essential Box of Awesome collections for guys. Guaranteed to upgrade your life. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. This is important. You need to know that there is a, a gift there for yourself or if you have any guy in your life, your dad, uh, your husband, whoever it happens to be, uh, Box of Awesome is a great place to go to get him that gift, but it's also just a great gift for yourself. You can take the quiz at boxofawesome.com and you'll get cool stuff you didn't know existed. I love discovering new products, things that make my life better and easier. It is awesome. It is Box of Awesome. Uh, free to sign up. You can skip a month or cancel anytime. They do a really good job in making it so you don't feel like you're locked into something. However, I will say, you're going to be excited when this box shows up. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over 70 bucks worth of gear inside, guaranteed. And I will tell you, I've gone through a bunch of these boxes. I've never seen one even close to $70. They're always way more than that. But I guess 70 is the absolute minimum. So you're going to be getting a great deal no matter what. 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com. Enter the promo code STU at checkout. Remember to use the promo code STU because that's how they know you like this stupid show. And that's how you get your 20% off. You need the 20% off. It's your money. You should keep it. That's boxofawesome.com. The code is STU for 20% off your first box. Long ago, I looked at a little thing called Bitcoin and I thought, you know, what's promising about this is the idea that it, there can only always be 21 million Bitcoin. There can't be more than that. They can't inflate the currency. And at some point, we're going to print so much money over years and years and years and years that it just seems like it's going to go up a decent amount. And it has. It's gone up quite a bit. I will say the advent of the uh, pandemic era <laughs> has sped this process up quite a bit. We're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars. 1.9 trillion we spent just today, boys and girls. So I wanted to show you what the last year of Bitcoin looks like. Now, again, you didn't need to be in this in 2013 to get these benefits. In March, let me see this chart. In March, <laughs> we are talking about Bitcoin at $3,858. It peaked at 58,367 a few weeks ago. It is now back up in that area again, 57 or 58,000. From 3,800 to 58,000 in one year. Think about that. That is not a statement. I mean, it's partially a statement on the future of cryptocurrency. There's a lot of things to like about it, but it's really a statement, I think, on how much our dollar is just not really worth anything anymore and is going down that road faster than what any of us could imagine. So there you go. From three, I hope you made some money. If you've been watching this show for a while, if you watch the Glenn Beck program for a while, hopefully you're a billionaire on Bitcoin. Back in a second.
Thanks for hanging out till the end of the show. Make sure to click like on the video. You've lasted this long. Why not? You're part of the Cool Kids Club. Join it. Click like, rate, and review the podcast. Make sure to share it as well. Don't forget, Andrew Cuomo is awful. Mugs are available. Nancy Pelosi sucks pen for a limited time. They go really fast. Make sure to grab yours. Before we go, a man in Washington went to a playground, saw a slide, had an idea, decided to steal a 400-pound slide. What did he do with it? He put it up on his kid's bunk bed in their trailer. That's his mugshot. Police are pissed off about it. He stole the slide. I totally disagree with the cops on this one. I think this is a great job by a fantastic father. Anyone who would do this and have the ability to make it actually work in a mobile home. I I stand with you in solidarity, slide man.